Welcome to the Elevant Podcast. I'm Mike Hamilton. Today, I'm excited and inspired to share my conversation with Nick Swetnam, founder of MarketWithStory.com. Nick is a certified story brand guide, father of four, entrepreneur, marketing and branding expert, and an incredibly engaging speaker. We ran the gamut in this conversation from how to make your customer the hero of your brand's story, to LinkedIn strategy, paying it forward, how to define happiness, the role ego plays for founders, and how to find purpose and fulfillment in your work. Nick has a passion for storytelling and an enthusiasm I hope you enjoy as much as I did. All right, Nick, thanks for being here today. Um, If you don't mind, I guess just fill everybody in on your background. Yeah, so uh, I'm a video person. I came up in the video world uh, many, many years ago. did, uh, was working out in LA and in Hollywood in an internship out there, got to spend some time on the Paramount Studios lot, which was a crazy, crazy journey, but then uh, pivoted and got into marketing but then specifically within the local church, uh, just helping uh, churches figure out how to do those things. But then also started my own media production company and then realized that I knew how to make, look things, make things look really, really pretty, but I didn't know how to make them sell. And so I pivoted and realized that I needed to really dig into that idea of, hey, it doesn't matter how good something looks, if it doesn't engage with a customer, it doesn't engage with a client and move them forward in action. And so with that started a journey of kind of establishing how to market to people, how to make sure that they understood the, the message that was getting out there. And so got hooked up with uh, with StoryBrand with Donald Miller and uh, the, the book is Building a Story Brand, but became a StoryBrand certified guide back in September of 2017. So I've been doing that journey for the last four years. Awesome. And, and I want to know more about um, exactly what StoryBrand is, what it means to you and everything. But even before that, you got in kind of like even pre-ground floor on that movement, right? Yeah, pretty early. So uh, the the certified guide program, there was two classes that went right before me, but I I got certified in September of 2017 and the book launched in October of 2018. And that was one of the big things that was, was huge for me was it's something that I knew I could see a trajectory for it that was going to be really successful, something uh, I knew who, who Donald Miller was. He'd had some success in other areas. And so for me, I'm looking at it going, hey, here's something that I see and I can get in early on. Um, and the, the, the program itself and the brand itself has blown up over the last four years now and has really become a lot of that. And so kind of rode that wave and, and, and rode that horse, if you will, to make sure that it was something that would benefit me, but I also was able to add benefit back in the, in, at the same time. Awesome. All right. So I guess um, that's probably a good segue to talk about you know, who kind of lit that spark for you on getting involved and, and searching for that, that horse. Um, you know, you and I became familiar through a, through a post you shared on LinkedIn, um, about the influence Josh Rhodes had on you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm not even sure when you posted that, did he know prior to you posting? Wow. That's huge. No, he didn't. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things I felt bad because I never told him over the years. So, so yeah, the story is you never know the connections that you have. They're going to get you where you want to go. Right. And so it's always being open and available to those different things that are happening um, within your life. And so the story is uh, five years ago, six years ago, something like that, Casey Graham and Josh Rhodes are really close friends. They've been buddies forever. Um, and I actually was, it was when I was running my media production company and um, 
Casey and I had connected and actually did some, some in-person coaching with Casey. I flew to Atlanta, spent a couple of days with him. While I'm there, Josh Rhodes happens to be there as well. And so Josh walks in, uh, quick introduction, you know, we shake hands for a couple of minutes, chat for a few minutes, and then Josh leaves, right? Through that process then, I work with Casey, figure out a few things and things are going uh, six months later, something like that, nine months later, I happen to get, see something Josh is doing and actually get on an email list of Josh's. Um, and he sends an email uh, randomly just kind of saying, hey, I just want to add value, which Josh is known for that. And do you want to just get on a call? You know, anyone that wants to get on a call, click this link, book a call. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, I'm that guy that's like, any chance I have an opportunity to learn, to grow, to, to, to come up the next level. I'm like, let's figure it out. And so I get on a call with Josh. And at that time, I had transitioned my career off of running my media production company and been working for an organization. Um, a buddy of mine had been running it and said, hey, come come work with me. And I said, sure, let's do it. And I was at kind of a, it was a nonprofit. And so because of that, I was at kind of an income cap, right? I'd hit that ceiling that there just wasn't any growth potential for my income. And I was like, well, I want to make a better income, you know, I want to, I want to grow those types of things. And so I was like, well, side hustle is the way to get there. Right. Because I love what I'm doing, but I don't want to leave it. Uh, and so I started talking to Josh. And I was like, Josh, what, you know, what can I do? How do, how do we do this? Like those types of things. And Josh at the time had been, and still is very successful with ClickFunnels. Um, he'd become an affiliate with ClickFunnels, got in early though, and had done some really good SEO work um, early on with ClickFunnels. Uh, and done really well um, with that. And so I said, Josh, how do I how do I do that? And he's like, well, you could, the you know, funnels is still a good affiliate program. He's like, but if you really want to scale, if you really want to grow, and this is a statement that really clicked in my head, he said, you have to find the racehorse that you know will be a champion, but isn't a champion yet, right? And I'm like, well, that's brilliant, right? Like that makes so much sense. Like why had I never thought of that before? And I'm like, so I started searching for that. And so for me, I'd heard about Don and he was getting ready to do some of this stuff and uh, the different things with StoryBrand. I'm like, this could be my resource. This could be my thing. And especially because I'm getting in a month before the book launches. Now, the funny thing about that is I get in, I get pay my certification, which is not a cheap fee. Plus there's travel. I take a whole week to it in Nashville at the time. You know, like there was a lot of risk involved there for me financially, professionally, a lot of different things. And I remember I got certified in September and through the end of the year. So September through like December, I don't think I made a dime from StoryBrand. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I messed up, right? Like I just spent <laughs> all this money I picked the wrong racehorse basically, right? And then the spring hit and every business has cycles, right? Every business has times where it's better than it's worse. For me, the spring has always been when StoryBrand has done the best for me in terms of a revenue stream uh, and the spring hit. And within the next six months, I had made 60% of what my annual salary was at my current position. You know, wow. so I have my current position still plus 60% of that, that revenue sitting in my bank account, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so Josh, Josh was the one that kind of, he didn't, he never, he didn't tell me to do story brand. He said, figure out what it is. And so I went and did that. 
And then through that process, I just recently been trying to um, get more intentional on LinkedIn and, and uh, do some more posting and some more things there. And with that, I realized I never thanked Josh, right? I never, I never said, Hey, you know, um, man, this has been, uh, this has been really good for me and I should do that. And I figured what better way than to, you know, promote him, uh, through, through the channels of LinkedIn. And so I let him know uh, about that. And then the, the thing that I tried to do is I said, Hey, I raised my hand too and said, Hey, if anyone wants to take a phone call with me, I don't know if I'm the smart, as smart as Josh. I don't know any of those types of things, but hit me up and I'll do it. And the crazy thing is I did that, you know, like a couple weeks ago before Christmas, but now that we're in the new year, yesterday, I literally had uh, 10 phone calls. Um, today, I have like another like two or three. Tomorrow, I have maybe like 25 phone calls by the time that I'm done yeah. with all this, you know, and um, did I freeze up on you? You did, but I'm sure it'll, I still got your audio coming clean. Okay, hold on, let's fix it. Let's just fix it. Okay. There we go. Um, you know, so 25 different phone calls, give or take, right? And it's the crazy thing about it is it's been more beneficial for me, I think, than it has been for them, right? Just having these conversations with people and getting a chance to speak your voice and a chance to, to get those things out there. So side hustle is one of those things. A lot of people say, oh, it has to be this or it has to be that. And I think for me, it's figuring out what is it that is best for you, right? Like how do you find the thing that works for you. Are you wanting it to be a full-time income? How do you grow that? Are you wanting it to be, hey, if it brought in $1,000 a month, $500 a month, $2,000 a month, like what's your number? What's your goal, right? What are you going after? What are you seeking after when it comes to that? And then anytime that you can find something that you know that you can see a trajectory with and you can see it growing. Um, I say the same thing is true about like, um, uh, network marketing or multi-level marketing, however you want to call that. Uh, I've got a friend here in town, um, him and his wife got in early on one of the beauty brands and um, they are literally financially set for the rest of their life. Right. And now it was yeah. a lot of work. It was a business. They hustled hard. They did the work. They put in the time, they put in the energy. They took risk. I mean, that's part of it. This whole, it's not a get rich quick type of thing, but because they got in early on it and because they, they saw the wave and they wrote it they're they're at a point now they get to make whatever decisions they want the rest of their life, because that's something that they wanted and they went after. Um, and he's a very, um, I wouldn't say traditional is the right word, but very conservative. That's what I'm looking for. A very conservative person when it comes to money and those types of things. And so the fact that he took this risk was actually pretty surprising. I remember at the time going, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're not that smart, but it turns out you were smarter than all the rest of us. What are some, it sounds like you might've, you might've talked to them about it. What are some of the things that you thought about that you entertained doing in between your call with Josh and your commitment to story brand that you just said, these aren't for me. And then why? Yeah. Um, I'm always the guy looking for the next thing, right? I'm just, I'm, I'm that always something that's coming up in my head, whether I'm building it myself or doing it um, at that time. So again, this is four years ago, five years ago. Um, affiliate marketing was, it wasn't that it was new. It was new to me, right? Mm -hmm. It had been around, but there's still kind of this. And I think it's one of the big things that's shifting right now is the idea of make money online. Like that phrase was like dirty, like five years ago, right? Yeah. And I think we're starting to see that that idea is starting to pivot a little bit um, in the sense that there are still some 
sleazy, scammy stuff out there. There always will be, right? But there's also some real opportunities out there. There's some real ways for you to actually, you know, make money that's a decent living, you know, whatever those things are. And, you know, if you start searching that stuff on Facebook or, you know, Instagram or even LinkedIn, you're going to get hit with a bunch of them and it's, it's weeding through that process. Um, you know, I think some of the bigger companies like a click funnels is a good one, right? But you have to have a plan and an approach and you have to have an idea and you have to have a, in some senses now, even almost a mentor in that space to be able to show you what to do right and what you should avoid. Um, and you want people that are currently doing that. So ClickFunnels was one that I looked at more from an affiliate standpoint of like, how do I build this? How do I do that? How do I grow this? Um, I have a video, a background in video. And so um, the idea of creating ads online for people using video um, is another one that I've looked at uh, in the past as well. Um, but for me, one of the things that drew me to StoryBrand specifically, it's a high ticket item, right? So it is, I'm not selling a $5 product and I have to sell, you know, 10,000 of them to be happy, right? I'm not selling, you know, even like the the commission side of things, like a ClickFunnels is a recurring revenue product. Um, I've always wanted to be more in a recurring revenue type space. Uh, I've never cracked that nut and figured it out, right? Um, I like the idea. I like the idea of like, hey, let's set something up and it's consistent and there's that traction and everything there. Um, I know the one that I've looked at recently is like legend, legendary marketer um, is a, is a current program that's out there. That's again, based around, you know, some affiliate type uh, type things, but high ticket affiliate type things um, side hustles. I mean, I even looked at, you know, the local, like, what can you do, you know, in your local town? Um, what things can you do to, you know, whether it's, drive for Uber or, you know, pick up a, a side gig like that. Um, I think the biggest thing is set back and say, what are your skills? What are you good at? What is the talent that you have that you can bring to the table that, uh, that can provide you revenue, right? That can, you can monetize, um, copywriting. If you know how to write, man, copywriting is such a needed skill to be done well. Um, you know, and there's, and it's hard because there's a lot of rejection. I think a lot of times when you start a side hustle and a lot of things that you have to get into, you can go out like and look and be discouraged because you're on Upwork or you're on Fiverr. You're like, there's 50 million people that do the same thing that I do. Find your niche, find your network, find your people that you can lean into and say, okay, what can I do? How can you build up a business? How can you look at it from a business standpoint? How can you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to go find two or three people that I'm going to offer my services to for free, potentially, you know, um, to say, hey, let me do this for you in exchange for, um, you know, testimonies and connections and, and those types of things. Don't be the person that when they come to you and say, hey, will you do it for free if I give you networking opportunities? That's a bad idea, right? Because those are people who are just looking to take advantage of people. Um, but if you can go out and you can say, hey, I'm a copywriter, okay, go write someone's couple of Facebook ads, you know, and get them out there and then watch the growth and watch the, the things that happen. One, you're going to learn. Two, you're going to be able to figure out your system. Um, but three, you're going to be able to get your, your name out there. Now you have some potential, uh, you know, way to, to show that to the, to the next person that you actually want to charge for um, and figure that out. 
look within your network, look in, look in ways that you can do. I think LinkedIn, what is happening with LinkedIn right now and the way that it's changing and building our personal brand on LinkedIn is one of the fastest ways that you can grow something, but you got to do it right. You know, you can't just do it and be like, oh, throw some stuff up there or figure some stuff out. You got to learn and pay attention and focus on how you're going to grow to that next level. Yeah. So um, tell me, I kind of, I'm going to go a little bit backwards because there was something you said really, really early on, but I'm going to, I'm going to save that. So it'll go super up and down. Uh, So tell me other than like the trajectory and obviously um, your familiarity with, with Don, I don't know a ton about, about Don and story brand. Like what about story brand specifically uh, without giving away uh, the years you've spent training and learning and and having mentors and and money (laughs) without giving away all the secrets, what about it really drew you to it? I think the biggest thing for me was so StoryBrain is all based around the idea of using the seven key principles of story to engage with a customer and create that customer into a buying, a paying customer, right? So for me, coming up through video and create and the creative side of things, I've always been a storyteller, right? If you know any of my friends, they're like, Nate's always telling a story, right? Almost to the point that annoys them, right? And it's just, it's just who I am. It's just, it's, it's, it's the way I'm ingrained. And so when I found something that said, Hey, we're going to take the idea of story and we're going to pair it with the idea of marketing. And that's a good thing. And and then within that there's creativity and there's all those different types of things. Like that's a huge part of it for me. And so the story brand framework is based off the seven principles of story, which is if you look at any, almost any good story, right. Over the last thousands of years, there, it's, there's a pattern to it. The, the main pattern is there's a hero um, who, in this case, the hero is our customer, right? So there's a hero who encounters a problem. There's three different types of problems. There's an external problem, an internal problem, and then a philosophical problem, right? So like, if you want to use like Luke from Star Wars as a perfect example, right? His external problem is he needs to blow up the Death Star, right? His internal problem is, is he really a Jedi, right? Is, is that really a thing that is within him? And then his philosophical problem is that's tyranny versus democracy, right? It's this big kind of idea. The great thing about the reason the Star Wars story resonates so well with people is the climatic point in the story solves all three issues at the same time, right? Luke blows up the Death Star by using the force and defeats tyranny, right? It happens in one shot, right? And, 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 and that's why that story works. So there's a hero, our customer who encounters a problem who then meets a guide, right? And the guide is the person who's already been there, already understands it. And that's where we need to position our brand, right? So our brand should be the guide to the hero, not play the hero. So if you look at any brand that you look at any, anything that you talk about, any customer, anything that you're looking at, there's this idea that when you talk about yourself, no one pays attention because they don't care about them, about you. They care about themselves. So there's a customer who is our hero, who encounters a problem, who meets a guide, who that guide then gives them a plan, right? A very simple plan on how to move forward that then calls them to action. And that action either results in success or failure. And those are the seven key principles of story and the seven key principles of marketing when you look at it, right? So when you have a customer, I don't know, you're a restaurant right? But you want to do clean food, right? You want to focus on the idea that your food is clean. So you have a customer who, with their desire, their desire, their want, their hero's journey is that they want to go find a place where they can feel good about the food that they eat. Their external problem is they're hungry, 
Their internal problem is they feel bad when they eat food that they don't feel as good for them. And they feel like they're, they're, maybe they're dealing with a weight issue or maybe they're dealing with a, a health issue. Their philosophical problem is that food shouldn't be bad for you. So we, as the restaurant, position ourselves to say, hey, come join us. There's a three-step plan. Three-step plan is check out our menu online. Come visit us in person or these days order online. Uh, enjoy the food that we know that's good for you. Um, so the call to action is book a reservation now or come buy our food or whatever. And then success is you feel good and great about yourself or the failure, which we need to talk about that as well, is you continue to eat the food that's bad for you and your life isn't good. That's a story brand framework. And I can do these all day. I've been doing them for four years, right? So <laughs> you pick a business, yeah. I can tell you what it is. No, right? it's brilliant. Um, you, one thing and, that pops out of me, I, I just finished uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris yep. Boss. Yep. And, uh, and he's got that point in there where uh, he's working at the suicide hotline and he has this great conversation with this frequent caller and he gets off and his, you know, his supervisor tells him it was a worst call ever. And he said, no, 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 no. Like I got him to say, you're right. And he goes, yeah. well, you don't want to get him to say you're right. You want him to get to say that's right. right. And in the context of what you're saying, it's like, you don't want to be his hero. You want to guide him to being his own hero. Exactly. Yeah. Cause every day, I mean, think about it. You wake up in the morning. The first thing that you're thinking about is not, Hey, I wonder what XYZ brand is doing today. You know, the first thing that you're thinking about is in my life, I have four kids, right? I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old. The first thing I'm thinking about is how can I control the chaos before I leave my wife for the day to go work? Right? So if a product was to show up that would help me control the chaos, that's my problem. That would help me figure those things out. I'm whipping out my credit card and saying, take my money. Yeah. Right? That's the problem that I'm facing. If you wake up and the problem is, hey, I need to know how to get my car fixed today. That's your problem. Who's going to solve that problem for you? Who's going to fix that problem for you? That's what you come alongside as the guide to show them how they can fix that problem. So that was a big thing for me as I had done my research on StoryBrand and looked at it and those types of things. And I said, hey, I understand story. I understand how to tell stories. I understand how to visually put things in place. I understand how to make things look good and use the medium of whether it's video or print or graphic or digital and put all those things together. But there's something about the human brain and the way that we work that I needed to learn more about that. And so for me, it was a pairing of those two things to say, how can I make a better income and more money off this idea of stories? Because that's who I am. But at the same time, you know, not lose that and, and go work and do a side hustle that I didn't enjoy. Because honestly, when you're putting in those extra hours, when you're staying up late, when you're, you know, working on the weekends, when you're getting up early, when whatever you're doing your side hustle at, if it's not something that fills a need for you, whether that's a money need or a success need or a passion need, you're not going to keep doing it. And so for me, it was, it was a combination of a money need and a passion need, you know, and it allowed me to be able to say, Hey, I can make this additional income that I wanted. You know, we, you know, pre pandemic, which is the world's changed. Right. I mean, we went to Disneyland three times as a family, right. I never could have afforded to do that. When I say we went to Disneyland, like we went to Disneyland, like we spent, like went to the nice hotels and like, you know, all that type of stuff, all that was paid for by my side hustle yeah. because that gave me the ability and the, afforded me the ability to do those things. That was what was important to me. And maybe, maybe paying the mortgage is important to somebody else. Maybe, putting their you know, child through college is important to somebody else. Maybe it's just having something that fills them up 
and they don't make any money or very little money, but it fills up their passion and who they are inside them. And that's what's important to them. Um, it's figuring out what you want your side hustle to be and then going after it and making sure that it fills those needs for you. That's awesome. Uh, so when I was saying I was going to rewind real far, one of yeah. the very first things you said um, that that made my ears perk up because I've had a similar experience is uh, it sounds like you were really, really creative, uh, loved the sort of artistic side of, of digital, the digital agency portion yeah. and and grappled a little bit with that that salesy aspect of it. Was it a conscious effort like on your part with StoryBrand to like attack a part of your psyche that you felt was like weak or did it just kind of come together and then? Yeah, I think it, it was, it was a conscious decision to say, um, and it was part of it was, as I had watched an early thing on Don where Don has a statement where, you know, he, he puts up a, a website and he, and it looks, it looks great. It's a fake website, but he puts it up and he says, I'm gonna give you five seconds to tell me what this company does. Right. And it has all the fancy words and all those types of things. Everyone that you put it up in front of, you take it off the screen and say, okay, now tell me what it does. Because that's when, when people land on a website, that's what you have three to five seconds for them to figure out what it is you do and what's in it for them. Right. Those are the, the two main ones. And the third one is how they can take action to do that. And so I was looking at that and I'm going, man, it looks great. That's like, I would build a website like that. And then I realized, but it doesn't work because it doesn't matter. Right. And I am a very, um, I, I do focus a lot on the idea of action. I am an action taker. I'm an, I'm a person that makes decisions quickly. I don't, I don't second guess myself. I just go. Uh, and so with that, I was looking at it and I was saying, how, where am I weak? And for me, it's a growth mindset. Where can I grow? What do I need to do? And so there was a conscious decision on my part to say, I need to be better at this. I need to increase my skill and my ability and everything that's associated with that. And I knew that if I wanted to get to the next level in my career and I wanted to get to the next level of my income, I was going to have to adjust something on my end. Um, you know, a lot of that is I was at the time I was really trying to decide, do I go get my MBA or do I do something different like a story brand? Um, at the end of the day, I chose to do story brand uh, because I felt like it would get me further faster than my MBA. And knowing that an MBA, and like I said, this was four or five years ago, an MBA looked good to other people, but wasn't what I wanted, right? Like I've struggled with and dealt with, um, you know, the idea of what is success for me compared to what do other people determine success is for me. Um, I come from a family and, and, you know, like I said, we lost, um, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I, I unfortunately lost my dad 11 years ago um, and my mom's still alive, but, you know, a family that was very success driven in the sense of the way things looked um, in the sense of if you didn't like me going to college was never an option, right? I was always going to college. Um, and then with that, in fact, the fact that I went to college and went more the creative route was almost even more like, uh, yeah, I guess that's okay, but it's not like, you're not a doctor, you're not a lawyer, you're not an engineer, you're not a, you know, there's not that prestigious kind of thing. And so I've wrestled with that personally. Like if I get into the psyche of my own head of what am I living up to the legacy that I feel like I have to live up to the, the level of things that I have to perform at. And so for me, a big conscious decision was 
an MBA had that shiny object to it, right? It had that, it would make my family happy. But at the end of the day, I looked at it and said, but it's not what I want. What I want is I want to increase my revenue, right? That was my goal. I want to increase the quality of life for my family, for my wife, for my kids. And so looking at that, I said, why would I go after something that is a piece of paper? Why would I go after something? And, and for some people, an MBA is the best thing. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But for me, it wasn't the right thing, right? For me, it was how do I increase what I care about in life? And so it was a conscious decision to be able to say, this isn't working the way it is right now. And so what path do I take? And so having someone like Josh come alongside and say, man, you know, find your racehorse. And so for me, that was the clarifying statement that gave me the ability to move forward and the ability to say, I'm going to go to the next level with that. That's awesome. Yeah. I've grappled as, as a creative person, you know, with the podcast, I'm, I'm also a musician. It's like, I can't tell you, it's probably only been in the last 18 to 24 months that I finally had this light bulb go off and say like, it doesn't matter like how good you are. Mm-hmm. If you can't, in your words, right, like tell that story, but like in a broader sense, just like provide value. Yeah. Like it's like you can make really great music, right? And objectively it can be wonderful, but like mm-hmm. why is anyone ever going to identify with it? You know, what is, what is it doing for them other than just like being good by your standards? Like I think telling that story and finding a way to like give back and provide value is a, is a really cool way to frame that the creative stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it too is, is people understanding who they are and that, that journey to understand yourself, the way that you're wired, the way that you're, you're gifted, the talents that you have. And instead of buying into this idea of what other people or what the world tells you uh, or society or culture or your family tells you that you need to be, you need to do these things. You know, I know people that, man, they, they make no money, right? Like they're, they're on the income scale, they're way down there. But some of the happiest people I know because they're doing something that they love and that they're passionate about. I know other people that are making a ton of money are most miserable people I've ever met in my life. Um, you know, and so especially if anything has come out of this idea of what 2020 was and the pandemic and everything that's happened, it's like, it should at least give us pause to reevaluate who we are and what we care about. And for me, I know that I have to do something. It's, it's that balance, right? There's the, the part that you have to do to, to pay the bills and do the life that you want and the, the things that you need. And then there's the other side of like, how do you integrate your passion? And sometimes that's in the job that you do. Sometimes it's in the side hustle. Sometimes it's in your hobbies, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be in the actual thing that you do to make money. It can be. Um, but at the end of the day, do you have that drive, that passion, that ability to look at it and say, my life is successful because of the criteria that I put on it. Not what other people put on me, but what I put on myself. And so for me, like some people, I, I know I put up that that post on LinkedIn and I said, you know, Josh, it was $145,000 and some change um, over a four-year period. And there was a few people that commented that were like, you could have done better if you invested. I was like, I don't care, right? You should have like, bought Bitcoin. You should have bought Bitcoin, right? <laughs> 
Who cares? Bitcoin would have made me a lot of money, but it wouldn't have made me feel good about what I did. I built this with my two hands. I've, you know, that's that's something for me that's a value. I've gone out and I've served clients and I've been able to come alongside them and see their businesses grow and see them be more successful. You know, I've been able to give clarity to people. I've been able to work in organizations where I was able to do some amazing things that I'm super proud of. And, and that to me was the value. But at the same time, I was able to go do the fun things that I want to do with my family and, you know, be, live a life that, that I valued. I don't want to go sit on a beach, right? I wouldn't like, people are like, oh, if you got money tomorrow, would you go sit on a beach and you could just sit there and retire? And I'm like, no, I, I don't want that. That's not what I want. Um, partially because I don't want my kids, I want my kids to see a work ethic and I want to my kids to see the ability to, to, to get in there and get things done. But if money rained from the sky tomorrow, I'd probably still be sitting in this chair the next day, you know, um, because that's not what is a value to me. Um, you know, the idea of having the extra income to go do the fun things and create the experiences that I want, that's a value. But I don't, my value is not to stop working one day. My value is to provide uh, a sense of a of accomplishment and provide value to other organizations and other people um, through the work that I'm able to bring to the table. What do you, um, if you have any kind of recommendations for people that don't already know what they want, like what type of exercises did you do to like, to arrive there? Yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm straight up honest. I'm still figuring it out. Uh, a lot of it is I read a lot. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty voracious reader. Um, anytime that I can see something or pay attention to what other people are doing, I try to listen. Um, I will tell you, and this isn't a pitch on my end because I don't make any money off of it, but um, Don Miller has a newer product that launched actually about a year ago. It's called BMSU. So Business business Made Simple University. So BMSU.com. Um, it's, don't quote me on the price, but I think it's like 250 bucks for the year. It's in the $200 range for the year. Um, and one of the things inside that is he has a course and there's multiple courses in there. There's a story brand course, there's a marketing course, there's a productivity course. One of the things that he has on there is a course called Hero on a Mission. Um, and it's really a course that breaks down how do you figure out what your life purpose is? How do you figure out what your mission is that you're going after? Um, and so something like that, there's a million of them out there. There's a bunch of them out there. I happen to be, you know, a fanboy, if you will, of Donald Miller, because I resonate with him. Obviously, I wouldn't have spent the last four years working alongside his team and doing the things that I do. But um, there's, a, there's a lot of that. It's sitting back and saying, what are your priorities? What are your goals? And as we sit, we're sitting in January, right? And everyone's like, I'm going to make a goal and I'm going to do this thing. Um, man, I think we should be making goals every day, every week. I'm not perfect at it. Um, I, you know, I... I don't get there every every time that I do, but um, his is good. I think anything that you can do to understand your personality. So doing things like a like a Myers Briggs or an Enneagram or um, the DIST test or the sixteen personalities um, test, like those types of things, and really understanding who you are and how that works. Um, for me, I'm high vision. So if you want me to step into a project or an idea or a job that is very, very detail focused, I'm going to fail. It's just, it's going to happen, right? I am 
a guy that likes to come into a room, look at things from a 30,000 foot view, see where all the problems are, get the people around and say, okay, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, but you know, you now have the responsibility of it. I delegate responsibilities, not tasks. That's the way that I've always viewed leadership is, is the best way to do it is you give someone ownership of it. You don't just give them a task to do. And um, so I know that if, you know, if I'm, looking for a position or someone offers me a position or a job, or even it's a side hustle where it's like, Hey, it's all about the details. It's all about being super detail oriented. And I'm like, Nope, not going to work because <laughs> I'm going to fail and you're going to be mad. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of it is at the end of the day, you have to work in this. It's a symbiotic relationship, right? It's this idea of when you work with someone or for someone, either one, there's two parts to that conversation. It's not just you doing whatever you want to do. Um, even when you're, and a lot of people are like, well, that's why I want to run my own business. It's like, well, even when you run your own business, guess what? You know, even when you're an entrepreneur doing your own thing, there's still someone you're answering to. And that's either A, your bank account, or B, your client that you're working for, you know, uh, or your customer, right? So it's not just as simple as, you know, those, those pieces, you have to be able to, to work them all together. So there's a lot of good resources out there. There's a lot of good uh, things out there. Um, there's coaches that will take you through it. Um, if you're looking to, to, if you have the resources to do it and spend the money, you know, if you spend the money, you can get speed, you can get there faster. If not, you can do the free version of a lot of YouTube, a lot of Google, a lot of, you know, searching for those types of things. Um, it takes a little bit longer but you did it yourself. And so there's not a right or wrong to that. It's a, what do you want? Do you want speed? Then go pay someone that can help you get there. Um, even if it you know, takes a little bit of uh, you know, resources out of your pocket and it's, it's a risk, um, that'll get you there from a speed standpoint. Um, if not, then you know, there's never been more information out there. You have to have the knowledge to be able to differentiate between the information, the good stuff and the bad stuff. But the information is out there if you just go look for it. I like it. All right. Well, I guess um, is there any is there any other advice you'd have to anybody that's kind of kind of searching or you know toying around with a side hustle or a career change or anything like that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, <clears throat> which we've kind of talked about and we've said this, but the biggest thing is find out who you are, find out how you're wired, find out what skill, gift, talent, ability. And a lot of people will be like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I know anything. Yes, you do. Right. The biggest thing that I've come to realize over all of this is we take for granted what we know that other people don't know. You know, I sit here and I can, I can give you the story brain framework in, you know, 30 seconds like I did. And a lot of people probably hearing that going, oh my goodness, it's blowing my mind. That's amazing. That's great. And I'm sitting there going, well, yeah, it's basic. I understand it. I understand it, but it doesn't mean you understand it. So you're in construction or you're, you know, whatever, even if you work at a fast food restaurant, you have skills that somebody else doesn't have, right? Those skills are knowledge. Those skills are an ability to be able to help people understand that they can move forward in that as well. So take that and monetize that in some way. Um, there's a huge movement right now in terms of the online learning space in the sense of you have a gift, you have a talent, you have a skill. Um, if you want to learn more about that, I would check out 
Um, and I've worked with these guys. They're, they're good people. But um, Dean Graciosi and Tony Robbins KBB product, um, knowledge blueprint, sorry, knowledge broker business. Um, the idea that what you have in your head can be turned into something. Um, check out what Dean's doing. You can find them easily on all the social channels and everything like that. Um, it's more Dean's than Tony's, but they work together on it. Um, that idea that you have something that you've gained. You know, if you're 20, you probably got some life ahead of you to figure that out, right? But if you've been around a little bit and you've done something, you have a skill, you have an ability, you have something, you just need to figure out what that is. And if it's not something that you already have and something that you want to do, go learn it. There's so many opportunities out there to learn it right now. If you put the time, the energy, and the effort in, it doesn't need to necessarily, if you want to be a doctor, yes, you have to go to medical school, right? But if you want to do an online business, most of it's online already. You can go figure it out. Yeah. Some you'll pay for, some you won't. Again, speed versus, you know, doing it yourself. But if you want to get there and you want to get there faster, there's there's stuff out there. You know, I pay quite a bit of money to be a part of the certification with StoryBrand. And, and even with that, there's an application process. Not just anyone can do it, right? You have to get in and you have to do some different things there. But the point being is that I paid a lot of money to get a certification that took me to another level. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to take the risk. The risk, on the other side of risk, is some great reward if you're willing to put the time, the energy, and the effort in. But there's also a lot of things that I risked prior to that that didn't work. There's yeah. a lot of things that I've risked since then that didn't work. And that's okay. Everyone uh, you know, immediately thinks as soon as they risk and they fail, their life's over. You have the ability to move forward. You just have to choose it. And you have to every day wake up and say, how am I going to do this? How am I going to become better? And how am I going to find that skill set that will provide whatever success is for me. I love it. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is the two biggest ones is LinkedIn. Uh, really big on that right now. So it's just Nick Swetnam. It's S-W-E-T-N-A-M uh, on there. So you can just look me up there. I'd love to connect. Um, I promise to try to bring back value and, and connect back with you there. And then the website is uh, marketwithstory.com. So marketwithstory.com is my website. If anybody's looking to uh, get to know a little bit more about how StoryBrand can work for their business, um, would love to be a resource or just have a conversation with people about how they can grow and how they can be better at what they're doing. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it.